Welcome to the Storehouse Blessing. This is episode two. We're going to go back to our text in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns or storehouses will be filled with plenty. And the reason I say or storehouses is because the same word in Hebrew is used for both barns or storehouses. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now that tells us that not all storehouses are alike. Depending on your occupation, you would have one or more types of storehouses. And so here we see basically a blanket uh, blessing. No matter who you are, what you do, God puts a blessing on the kind of storehouse that you have. Now the scriptures mention three totally different types of storehouses. And I'm not talking about a hay barn versus a a grain elevator. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about different kinds of storehouses from a spiritual and use sense. The first of these is what we will call the immediate use storehouse. I've also referred to this as imminent use storehouse. We see these three put together in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 5. And uh, actually Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 has a list of the three different kinds of storehouses. And they're totally different. They're not all the same. One says uh, in Deuteronomy 28, 5, King James, Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Your basket is your lunch pail, but your store... And it is kneading trough in the Hebrew and in uh, past times, and I don't won't even say ancient because you may remember your grandmother doing this. Uh, she kept a batch of dough that had yeast in it. She did not bake it all. She would use that dough as a starter for the next loaf of bread she would bake. And when she would separate out the dough she was going to bake, she would pull back a lump and wrap it in a cloth and put it in a basket, and she would use that as starter for the next loaf. And so this would be your refrigerator or your pantry or things that you're going to eat over the next few days. It is an immediate use storehouse. That's the literal meaning of this. And so Jesus had an immediate use storehouse. And I want to show you. It's the first of the three kinds. And I want to show you how uh, his immediate use storehouse worked. And by the way, Judas was the one who kept it. John chapter 12, verses 4, 5, and 6 tell us this. But one of his disciples... Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Now he said this on the occasion when Mary the sister of Martha and Lazarus, came to Jesus just before his crucifixion. She brought some very aromatic perfume, and she put it on Jesus' feet, and she took the covering off of her head, and she used her own hair 
to wipe his feet down with that oil. Now, she was no doubt very grateful for uh, what Jesus had done to raise Lazarus from the dead. And in that encounter, she and her whole family came to realize without any doubt whatsoever that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was uh, God. They recognized that. That's why she worshiped him the way that she did. Now, whether she was fully aware of his impending crucifixion, we don't know. But the Holy Spirit was most aware of it, and he prompted her to do this, and this expensive oil that she brought was a year's salary for a common laborer. So Mary, Martha, and Lazarus obviously were a somewhat wealthy family. And here she came to worship Jesus with this, which was in one sense extravagant, but it wasn't when you consider what his mission was and how important it was for him to be honored in this way. It was the Spirit of God who is honoring Jesus for what he is about to do. And no doubt Christ is not uh, ignorant of what's happening here. He knows that this is going to be used for his burial. Now, Philip inadvertently, but nonetheless, gives us an idea of how much money was in that purse that Judas would have kept. Uh, he suggests that there were about 200 denarii or 200 days wages for a common man. And you can see that uh, in what he said. Let's look at it in John chapter 6. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, John 6, 5. He sees a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him because Jesus knew what he was going to do. He wasn't about to buy bread. He was going to multiply loaves and fishes. But Philip answered him without thinking about a miracle, he's thinking in practical terms. And he said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. So he's saying that the multitude is so great, and there are 5,000 people here. And he's saying, we have 200 days wages. And uh, that, that's it. And that may sound like a lot, but that was not Jesus' personal money. That was for the whole group, and they all had to be paid and provided for, and there had to be some sent home to the families of those who were married. So this was an immediate-use storehouse. Jesus had it. Judas took care of the bag. There were about 200 days' wages kept in that, and Philip gives you a clue as to how much Jesus would have carried. Now, the immediate-use storehouse is not suitable for long-term provision. And in the book of Proverbs, we see that God would have us have more than that immediate use. I'm reading Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, meaning that there is enough material blessing left over so that not only are this man's children taken care of, but there's enough to trickle down to the grandchildren. Now, the word inheritance here is material blessing for sure, but it also has with it the idea of an ethic. A good man leaves 
a material blessing, but a work ethic and something good and wholesome to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Now, those two words are different. Inheritance and wealth are not the same word. Wealth, on the other hand, has to do with money only. It cannot apply to a good ethic. But the good ethic of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. That doesn't make sense. It is money only. So a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Now, this word wealth is associated with the word force, which means there's enough here to make an impact. And so what I want you to see from all of this is that God blesses the righteous not only with money from those righteous who came before them. And in my case, I didn't get any inheritance from either side of my family, neither mother nor father, nothing from them. But there were some good things that came to me through them. And I did receive some blessing of family heritage and ethic that was of great value to me. Now, one of the things I want you to see here is that trumps the material blessing. Now, it's also great if you can get it all, because material blessing can be a great boon to those who need it. In fact, my wife and I would never have been able to have the money for a home had it not been for the wealth of her grandmother. But her grandmother was a very godly woman. She served God when her husband did not. She tithed on the family's money. Her husband took offense to that, went to the bank, and took her off the checkbook. She had no checking privileges at the bank. He then gave her cash to buy groceries. That was it. It was humiliating because he didn't want her to pay tithes on their income. But she was so godly that when he died and died younger, he was converted on his deathbed. She had a huge impact on him. Then something happened. God blessed the family. They had a ranch. They were modestly taken care of, but then God blessed them with oil and natural gas. She then had the power to do whatever she wanted. She gave 30% of her income to the church. There are churches standing that she helped to build because she was so generous. And when Deliva and I first got married, we would never have been able to buy a house had she not loaned us the money for a down payment. When it came time for us to begin to pay her back, she said, I'm not taking it. I'm giving that to you. And she did that for all of her grandchildren. She gave them a nice sum of money to help them all get started. What a great blessing that was. Now, you can criticize that if you want, uh, but I can tell you that an inheritance can be used to help people get a great start in life. I can tell you this, too. We would not have been able to get married had it not been for my wife's grandmother. I made so little money in ministry, I couldn't afford rings. She paid for the wedding rings. She paid for my wife to get her wisdom teeth cut out when I didn't have the money to take care of that. And my wife would have suffered in pain. We lived hand to mouth. So that inheritance was hugely important to us. And it's a good thing. An inheritance, as I said before, is not only the money, though, it's also an ethic. And we certainly got an ethic from her 
and others like her in my family that didn't give us money, but they had a good ethic. Here's what this ancient Jewish proverb says you ought to keep in mind. He who does not teach his son a trade teaches him to steal. So an inheritance is not just a gift of money, but it is a way of thinking about work and how money comes. And God uses that to bless your children as they are coming up. So it's not enough just to give them money. You want to give them an ethic that comes with it. This immediate-use storehouse is one that Jesus had. Not the only one, but it's the first kind of storehouse mentioned in Deuteronomy 28. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program.